Welcome to Oakwood Connect. This is Pastor Ariel and Elder John Tromley, and we are starting an exciting new journey through the scriptures. We're going to be looking at the parables of Jesus, and in this initial episode, we're going to be looking at the parable of the sower. All right, I'm excited, John. This is uh, one of my favorite um, parables, and Oh, that little music, so relaxing. Yes. <laughs> As you said, we need those electric blankets Absolutely. that your kids have, uh, yes. make it nice and cozy. <laughs> Some hot cocoa would help too. Um, so let's dive right in to these uh, two parables. Actually, one parable, but from two different places. Um, the Gospels each bring uh, its own um, recollection of this, and they, they enrich each other. So we're going to look at this parable from two different Gospels. Um, John, why don't you read to us the parable of the sower from Matthew's account? Sure. So Matthew chapter 13, and I'm going to be reading verses uh, 3 through 9. It says, Then he spoke many things to them in parable, saying, Behold, a sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some fe seed fell by the wayside, and the birds came and devoured them. Some fell on stony places where they did not have much earth, and they immediately sprang up because they had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up... They, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. And some fell among the thorns, and the thorns sprang up and choked them. But others fell on the good ground and yielded a crop, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Mm -hmm. A same similar account with some slight different details that enrich each, uh, the accounts. Um, Luke actually begins in chapter 8, verse 4, and it says, When a large crowd was coming together... And those from various cities were journeying to him. He spoke, he spoke by way of a parable. The sower went out to sow his seed. And as he sowed, some fell beside the road, and he was trampled underfoot. And the birds of the air ate it up. Other seed fell on rocky soil, and as soon as it grew up, it withered away, because he had no moisture. Other seed fell among the thorns, and the thorns grew up with it and choked it out. Other seed fell into good soil and grew up and produced a crop a hundred times as great. As he said these things, he would call out, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Identical closure. So um, this is one of my favorite parables, John, as we were talking about, you know, when we were prepping for this. <clears throat> with sharing with people in my initial Bible studies as a Bible worker, mm -hmm. it didn't matter really who I met but especially those that doubted the scriptures, skeptics, uh, atheists. I would always begin here because in this parable, Jesus is not trying so much to provide evidence of why you should believe the Bible through the Bible, but actually using the Bible to reveal the condition of the heart. Mm. And if the Bible could correctly diagnose the condition of my heart, maybe there's something to this book. So he didn't start right off with prophecy in this particular they, moment. Yes. And he began to, uh, well, you know, prophecy, oh, actually, predictive yeah. prophecy. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. But he used prophecy in the sense of Paul in, in um, I believe it's 1 Corinthians. I'm glad you brought this up. Chapter 14, when he speaks about, you know, which gifts we should be pursuing. Mm -hmm. And he talks about those uh, that come into the church. Um, in Luke chapter 14, a verse, let me see if I can find it right here, 24. But if all prophesy and an unbeliever or an ungifted man enter, enters, he is convicted by all. He is called to account by all. The secrets of his heart are revealed. Mm. 
And so he will fall on his face and worship God, declaring that God is certainly among you. So Jesus didn't use predictive prophecy, but he did use the gift of prophecy in this sense, which I think is the purer, more specific uh, gift of prophecy in that through the through him speaking, he, he would reveal the secrets of those listening to him. <clears throat> but those secrets were revealed to themselves. Mm-hmm. So it's not like, you know, the gift of prophecy is someone getting up in front of church and saying, brother, so-and-so over there is coveting so-and-so's wives over there. That's not what the gift of prophecy is. Is the, the declaration of spiritual truths. And in doing so, as I'm listening I see things inside of me that I didn't see before that I could not have seen on my own. So this parable for me does that to human Mm. hearts. It does that to me. Mm -hmm. And I believe that when atheists, agnostics, skeptics would begin to experience their hearts being revealed to them, um, a reaction was there. Either you yield and you acknowledge, wow, this book is not like what I thought. Or you resist and reject and you say, you know what, I don't want nothing more. So we, we have this a parable, and Jesus is going to reveal that humanity <clears throat> in general can be divided into four groups. The stony soil, uh, the hard, uh, uh, hard road soil, sorry, stony soil, thorny soil, and good soil. And so for the sake of you know, time and so that we can really dig into it, we're going to just going to focus on the stony soil. So let's go back and and review that one. Could you read again the stony soil from Matthew 13 again? Mm -hmm. And then we can compare it to the Luke 8. Sure. So uh, Matthew chapter 13. And again, we'll look at uh, uh, verse 5 is where the stony soil is at. Um, It says, Some fell on stony places where they did not have much earth, and they immediately sprang up because they had no depth of earth. Okay, actually, let's go to the soil before that one. Okay. The, the, the road, the, by the wayside, I guess. Okay, verse 4 yes. of chapter 13. It says, As he sowed, some seed fell by the wayside, and the birds came and devoured them. Yep, almost identical to verse 8, um, chapter 8, rather, Luke 8. The sower went out to sow his seed, and as he sowed, some fell by the wayside. Here, in the New American says road. And it was trampled underfoot, and the birds of the air ate it up. So there's two um, details, or at least one detail, so i by the wayside, and the birds ate it up. Mm-hmm. Uh, Luke adds the, it was trampled underfoot. Um, so as far as this soil is concerned, to you, John, what are some of the things that stand out um, that Jesus is highlighting in, in the form of a parable? Well, you know, as far as the, the soil itself, that by the wayside, it almost kind of sounds like there is no soil mm-hmm. really uh but obviously there is right it has to fall onto something um i guess what catches my eye more than than the soil is the birds came and devoured them mm-hmm. you know it makes me think of uh we're studying uh Abra- abraham right now in our uh sabbath school afternoon class and we're going over the covenant between abram and god where abram uh, cuts these animals in two, right, for the covenant with God. So he cuts these animals in two, and then he walks in between them, and God eventually does too. But there's a part of that that I never noticed before until we were going through it, that God doesn't walk through them right away. There is some time, and Abram has to keep the birds away, the, the you know, the vultures and all these things. So Abram walks through 
to represent the covenant that he's making, but there's some time where he has to wait on God and he has to keep the birds away. Mm. Which makes me think of Revelation, where Babylon is filled with what? Filthy birds. Mm. And so, you know, I believe that when God wrote the, the scriptures, he wanted us to understand all of it. That's powerful. So when we talk about these birds, we have to wait on God. And we have to keep these devouring vultures away from us. And what I mean, that's what Satan is, right? He's a devouring vulture. And uh, as we wait on God, we have to be constantly in his presence. Otherwise, it will get snatched. You'll get snatched up. Um, you know, that's exactly how, in Luke 8, when the disciples approached Jesus, asking him, what does this mean? Verse 8 says, now the parable is this, the seed is the word of God, mm -hmm. where the covenant is found right where the promises of god are found that's the seed number 12 verse 12 says those besides the road are those who have heard then the devil the, the birds come mm -hmm. and devour the seed or take away the seed from their hearts so that they will not believe and be saved right there is a purpose behind the the taking away of the seed in matthew's gospel uh, when when um Jesus begins to interpret it. The focus is a different one. Luke tells us why Satan takes away the seed. Satan recognizes that his kingdom is at risk when the word of God is being cast. You know, we just finished a series, an evangelistic series, you call Jesus on prophecy. Mm -hmm. We're also giving Bible studies, you know, personal Bible studies. We, I have to remind myself that what we're doing is a highly violent act as far as Satan is concerned. Wow, yeah. We are casting seed into people's hearts that if it were to blossom, they would leave his kingdom and come into the kingdom of God, come into the kingdom of Jesus Christ. And there's two things that happen in Luke. Luke says that the devil knows that the seed has the potential to, let, to lead people to believe, and because they believe, they are saved. So <clears throat> Satan, before he, if he wants us lost, his, his whole emphasis is going to be, well, if, if they don't believe, that's where I need to cut it. That's where I need to put the tourniquet. I, want, I need to prevent people from believing. In Romans, Paul says that faith comes by hearing, and hearing comes by the Word of God. So the Word of God can ignite within the human mind a, the capacity to begin considerations of believing God. Maybe I'm wrong about him. I mean, your testimony is powerful, John. You came with to an evangelistic series some years ago mm -hmm. with the intent of disproving everything to your friend so mm -hmm. that you wouldn't lose your drinking buddy, right. if I remember correctly, right? Yep. Nope, you're absolutely right. Yep. So you didn't come with a question and inquiring heart. You know, you were not a seeker. No. You know, you came here to say, you're not, I'm, you're not taking my drinking buddy away. I'm going to disprove everything. And yet here you are. <laughs> right. <laughs> Just mm. having finished teaching others. So what you're saying is, is that, you know, there aren't some that are predestined to be lost. Mm, There's not right. some predestined to be saved. God didn't make evil people and, and good yeah. people. He made people. Yes. Uh, and the reason that's significant is how many people do believe that, hey, I am just too far gone, right? Mm -hmm. God doesn't, I'm not special. You know, God uh, doesn't want me. But that's not the case. No, God made Any, any human being, and Satan knows this, mm -hmm. any human being 
that expose us to the word of God in faith, and as we will see through the series on, on the parable of the sower, keeps the word, mm-hmm. retains with perseverance the word, we'll see a transformation, which is what happened to you. Right. Mm-hmm. You came with the intention of disproving, yet the exposure of the word of God in your mind did something, and Satan knew that. Mm-hmm. Um, Satan was terrified. You know, you came here thinking, I'm gonna disprove this, but I can guarantee you that the, our ad, the, the enemy of our souls trembles when someone that feels they're too evil, they're plagued with evil habits that have been with them for years, but one day they finally get enough courage to say, I'm gonna open this book mm-hmm. and I'm gonna start reading. And you know what, we might as well just say it right now. Luke tells us why Satan takes the seed out of people's hearts. <laughs> but I've always inquired, my, how does he do that? How can Satan take the seed out of someone's heart? Like you preached, um, I preach and people hear, or I've sat in churches and I've heard sermons being preached. I've sat through evangelistic series. I've heard them. I know I've heard them. They're in me. How can Satan take something out that has gone inside of me? And in Matthew 13, we get that insight. Luke tells us why Satan takes the seed out of our hearts Mm -hmm. so that we don't believe and be saved. But how he does it, we read that in Matthew 13, 19. Could, Could you read again that verse for us? Because that's the interpretation of what the interpretation given in Matthew as to what the hearers that are the stony, the hard soil, the road, the wayside are. Mm-hmm. So in verse 19, it says, uh, when anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, then the wicked one comes, snatches away what is sown in his heart. This is he who received the seed by the wayside. So <clears throat> these two, like we said at the beginning, complement each other beautifully. Mm-hmm. Luke tells us why Satan is so intent you know, in snatching the seed away, because he knows that it will lead us to faith, to belief, and to belief to salvation. But Matthew tells us how he does it and does not understand it. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it. Now, when I began to share this with people, I shared it wrong. I would leave it there and people would be like, I guess I'm I'm the wicked ones right. <laughs> mm-hmm. because I don't get the Bible. But then I quickly realized, hold up a second. There was a time that I didn't understand the Bible either. Mm-hmm. And if you go back to Luke, uh, verse 9, Jesus just finishes giving this parable. And in verse 9, his disciples began questioning him as to what this parable meant. Isn't that kind of, uh, you know, I think when we talk about the disciples, we think these were people that they had it all figured out, right? <laughs> and then, the, then we read the scriptures and, and they clearly did not. No. But it seems so simple to us, this parable. And yet, as you're pointing out, the disciples didn't understand. They were it. dense. Yeah. To spiritual things, they were dense. And if you study the disciples, you begin to understand why they didn't get it. And it's the same reasons we don't get it. Right. They were in, 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 obsessed with earthly things, mm-hmm. earthly kingdoms, earthly power, earthly pursuits. And of course, they stuck around with Jesus because they thought, this is what to get it to me. Right. Um, he's going to be the one that's going to, you know, establish exactly what I want, wealth, power, prestige, influence. And that's why they couldn't get it, mm. which is one of the reasons why I couldn't get it either. You know, I was in pursuit of secular relationships, friendships, pleasures. So when I came to the Bible, when I came to church, I would resonate with those people that would say, our churches are not relevant to young people. Right. You know, we got to have this or that. And I'd be like, amen, you know, rebuke my pastor who's so boring, you know. <laughs> but the reality was is it, Jesus, you can't get any better than Jesus. And his own disciples are not getting it. Right. 
which for both of us, for anybody, anybody of any age that is listening, chances are that the reason you don't get the sermons or the reason you don't get the Bible doesn't have anything to do with the sermons or the Bible. It has to do with you. Right. It has to do with your own heart because the, the disciples did not understand either, but there are reasons why. And there are reasons why in Matthew 13, Jesus says, but they did not understand it. It doesn't have to do with um, spiritual IQ. It has to do with spiritual hunger. Right. You know, I had a friend one time tell me, uh, he said, I read the Bible one time. I was in jail, so I read the Bible one time. And I just didn't, I didn't care for it. You know, there was nothing in there for me, really. And it was exactly what you're talking about well what was your heart when you went to it you're sitting in jail and you decided hey i'll take a look at this because i got some time on my hands you know it's just uh uh you're absolutely right it's it's not that he was an ignorant person it was that he didn't care to get it and it's not even motives because you came to these evangelistic seatings with completely the wrong motives sure. mm -hmm. um so you can't approach the bible with indifference but this is the reality the Bible, the Word of God will confront you with stuff. Mm -hmm. And as you read it, if you read through the whole thing, I can guarantee you there were stuff that stung. Right. There were things that you read that were like, oh, I, mm -hmm. like Mark Twain said. Well, I read that he said that. I don't know if he said it, but, you know, those things that you read somewhere. Sure. Had to be true, right? <laughs> but Mark Twain said that it's not the parts of the Bible that he does not understand that trouble him. It's the parts of the Bible that he does mm -hmm. understand that trouble him. So I think that is a tremendous truth that maybe sometimes we don't want to understand. Sure. And the reason I don't want to understand is because I have a hunch that is going to cut, is going to require me to give up a, a treasured idol, a treasured habit, something that, I, that I'm already <clears throat> apprehensive at letting go of. Mm -hmm. And so the Bible, the Word of God, the seed, is not dependent on the soil. But what it does is it reveals the soil. Yeah. And so, what if this if the seed falls in a stony sound in a hard sound is soil, the wayside, the seed will reveal to that wayside. This is your condition right now. Mm -hmm. You have a choice. Um, it will reveal to the stony soil. There's stones here. To the thorny soil, there are thorns here. So the word of God is not. I appreciate you bringing that point. The word of God is not designed to reveal your predetermined destiny. You know, you're fixed. You're you're thorny. You're you're by the wayside. There's just no hope for you. Right. What is hope? What the hope comes in is when the wayside soils recognizes and says, "Oh, that's me." Right. Mm -hmm. Praise the Lord. You know, that's exactly what we began with the Beatitudes. You know, blessed are the poor in spirit. In this parable, Jesus would say, blessed are those that finally own up to their conditions that they are by the wayside. Mm -hmm. They don't get spiritual things. There's a spiritual apathy that when they begin to recognize it, it should lead you to panic. It should lead you to, I, I shouldn't be like this. Right. It's like someone getting a diagnosis from um, bloods, uh, uh, blood work and saying, we found a, a large amount of cancer cells. Okay, let me go golfing. Exactly, yeah. You know, hold up a second. Mm -hmm. Did you just hear? Did you just hear? So Jesus it finishes with, he who has ears to hear, <laughs> let him hear. And what soil are you? Sure. And, you know, we kind of jumped the gun a little bit because, you know, there's some things that, 
I think we've assumed already. So the so the the, oh, yes, yes, the yes. seed is the gospel, right? It's yes. the word of God, which we've already been talking about. This sower, which again we kind of know, this is Christ. You yes. know, this is Christ, and and so when you think about that sower, that farmer, uh, if you will, this isn't just some guy who is tossing this about because he's careless with it. It's quite the opposite. It's done in a tender. Um, uh, Kind of like what you just talked about. He has it's a purpose. Yeah, yeah, intentional. He's very intentional. He has a purpose. He wants he wants all to get this. I mean, he is. It almost does sound careless as he's pushing the seed out, but the seed is going to all because he is so intentional. This is this isn't somebody that you is doing this because they have to, right? You ever deal with somebody who's who's kind of helping you out because they have to? You feel it, right? You <laughs> yes. feel that they're helping you because they have to. Jesus, they remind you of it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I could be doing something else, but right, exactly. Um, but Jesus is the, the ultimate sower here. I mean, he is you know, this, caring powerful, for this seed. Um, it's Isaiah. I'm gonna have to look it up right mm-hmm. now. Um, I haven't reviewed this verse in a while, but it says, um, "As this, this, the rains and the snow come down from heaven and do not return without having a, without watering the earth, providing seed to the sower." and bread to the eater, so will my word be that goes forth from my mouth, that it will not return to me without accomplishing what I desire, my mm-hmm. purpose. And so no seed is wasted. Right. That's a powerful point you just made, brother, that this this sower is not, you know, trying to get rid of the seed so that he's like his he goes back and says, I I've sown the whole seed, I'm done. I've done it. Right? I've done he, my job. He, he is <laughs> in, uh, intentionally throwing some here, throwing some there because the seed in this parable will re- reveal to the soil what condition you're in mm-hmm. the, with the the this the wayside soil the people will walk away and, and be their own testimony against themselves that oh yeah i am stony i'm just walking away and i don't care right he's right about me so there's a choice right there do i want to stay like this do i want to stay indifferent do i want to stay not understanding mm-hmm. i got to get to that point john in my own experience Having grown up in the church, I remember getting to the point where I'm tired of asking my dad, can you explain what this Bible verse means to, to me, dad? What does it mean? Mm-hmm. I got to the point where I wanted to know. Right. But if I, if I, if I made that admission, admission that I want to know, I'm declaring I don't. I don't get it. And I am in my late teens, grown up in the church, and I don't get the Bible. I was baptized, you know, I wasn't really. Um, but I, I was... Um, already kind of like in the church, a deacon, yet when it came to the scriptures, I didn't understand it. I did not know the gospel. I knew some truths, totally disconnected truths from the Bible, um, sprinkled throughout my brain, but it was not a cohesive unit. I did not understand the Bible. I didn't understand Jesus. I didn't understand why I should love him. And when I owned up to it, that's when things began to change. Mm-hmm. So the word of God, it doesn't matter what soil you are, the word of God brings hope to you because it will reveal to you, first of all, where you are spiritually and then will re- reveal to you the path to becoming a good soil because you're not fixed. You know, it's encouraging that you just say that as a parent who now has children in the mm-hmm. church because my kids, I'm amazed at the knowledge they have. They mm-hmm. have some some knowledge, but they don't make those connections that you're talking about. Yes. Um, you know, they can pronounce all these names very way better than I can. That's for sure. And, 
and so as a parent, my job is to is to make those connections for you know to help make those connections. I yes. should say, and you know you see the light bulb go on, but uh, so that's encouraging for me because I, I sit there and go. When I came into the church, I didn't care about the names and stuff that much. I wanted to understand this, mm-hmm. you know. So the names were, I'll go back to that and I'll figure that out. And and in doing so, by the way, you realize you've missed a lot because there's something in those names, uh, some of the names. But anyway, um, uh, that's exactly it. As a parent, I don't want my child to be this, this stony soil. Mm-hmm. They get it. They have it. They understand it to their level. They understand it to their level. My hope is I want to push more of it into them, you know. Um, But that's between, you know, that is between them and God. Not that I don't help with that as well. But well, you 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 mentioned, you know, this idea of hope for your children, which is is a tremendous um, hope-filled reality. The gospel of the the parable of the sower is not a parable of determinism. Right. Where God has already picked you out to be this kind of a soil and you to be this kind of a soil. It's not, you know, this hardline Calvinism of predestination. You can change soils. Exactly, brother. (laughs) Exactly. I mean, I've been to um, Great Lakes Adventist Academy. And as we're laying ribbons every camp meeting, I took pictures because here's the path, the road that all the RVs and all the trucks go to get into the to the backside of the, where the campers are at. Very hard soil, you know, full of gravel. But the parts that don't have gravel, you, the soil is hard. Um, but right next to it is a plantation of corn, and that mm. soil is so soft. But you know what happens when it rains torrentially at every camp meeting, no matter what? <laughs> every year I camp, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what happens with that hardened soil? It softens, mm-hmm. and if you don't, if you stop driving through that, the rains will soften it and take it to the point where you could put a kernel of corn, and you will have a stalk growing, where a few months earlier you couldn't plant anything. Right. So the very nature of the earth that you can't take hard, stepped on, treaded on soil, and convert it over into soft, pliable, mm-hmm. good soil speaks about the human heart you're not fixed and it's beautiful that you know it's rain really that changes the nature of the soil we can cooperate by not continuing to drive on it um you know violating our conscience but it's the holy spirit right jesus says that you know as the first rains and latter rains you know it's not just simply that the water allows for the nutrients of the soil to make it into the plants that water softens the soil it begins to expand and separate and cause space and room where there was no room for the seed before now there's a willingness which is a powerful uh, metaphor of jesus born on planet earth john chapter 1 says that he came to his own and his own did not receive him the entire planet our entire planet was um, unprepared territory for the coming of the seed which is jesus mm-hmm. the, the, it, here it says the seed is the word of god john says and the word became flesh, flesh right. and dwelt among us so the holy spirit god through the john the baptist through the holy spirit through the messages trying to prepare human hearts for the reception of jesus he had to soften he had to bathe our planet with the grace and the mercies and compassions of his providence in with the hopes that we would receive it mm-hmm. so that when jesus would come people could receive his son the seed that would give eternal life which and it ended up happening these disciples go up to jesus saying we don't get it 
Mm-hmm. You know, they were like going, amen, you know, the thorns, amen for the stony soil. And they're like, what is it all about? We don't get it, Jesus. Um, how do how do we apply this? Right. Jesus doesn't fault them, doesn't, you know, yell at them. Jesus says, I'm glad you asked. Your heart's changing. Mm-hmm. Whereas a proud heart, um, like the Pharisees, would never ask or never confess we don't understand. You're willing to do that. Your pride is starting to fall apart. Your pride is starting to crack. In John chapter 3, you have Nicodemus coming to Jesus. And Jesus says, you know, you have to be born again. In other words, you're lost. The seed has not taken root. You you, you have not believed and you're not saved because your heart is, is this wayside. Satan keeps natching it. Nicodemus doesn't say, who do you think you are? I'm out of here. Right. Nicodemus says, how can these things be? Mm-hmm. So if you're hearing this, and when you read the Bible, you're left with more questions than answers. Praise the Lord. Amen. Right. The fact that you're asking questions demonstrates a heart attitude, a heart change. It demonstrates a heart that a hunger has been awakened. Whereas before there was indifference and I don't care if I understand it or not. Now you do. And God will respond to that as you prayerfully say, Lord, what does this mean? Keep pressing on. Let the seed deep into your heart. You won't change the seed, but the seed will definitely change you.